Hello, this is your host, Sonata Allison, and welcome back to the Parallel Podcast, where we talk about sexuality as it should be. Whatever you want to do. Okay, I think Nico's a cool nickname, so we'll use that. Okay. Um, <laughs> righty. Hey, Nico, how are you doing today? <laughs> how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. All right. So um, this is going to be a real chill chat, you know, trying something new. Um, Nico likes to talk about sex. I like to talk about sex. So I'm like, we might as well talk about sex together. This episode is not about that. But in the future, we will have more combos that are about that. Um, But at what point in your life or like when did you really become intrigued about this topic? Like wanting to talk about it. Obviously, everyone likes sex, but. What made you want to talk to other people about it? So let's see. I was very naive to the topic um, Mm. for a while. I grew up in the church. It was a lot of the purity culture stuff. Um, My parents did a pretty okay job of explaining, you know, just the general synopsis of it, why we should wait until marriage, um, biblically based and all of that. So I wasn't necessarily turned off by it, but more just like naive to it. I wasn't super Mm. curious about it. I wasn't trying to explore a lot of it. It kind of was just like, I'll figure it out whenever I get married type of thing. Um, then as I got into college, learning about intimacy, learning about marriage in general, um, couples in general, it was very eye opening, just all of the different areas that encapsulate sex, um, just the umbrella term of it all. And then everything within that, um, and then probably not until I started dating, my now husband really opened up the door to what a true healthy relationship looks like and how Mm. sexuality plays a part into that. Um, Because it is hard if you are a person who wants to wait until marriage. Oh my gosh. It's like, there's nothing like (laughs) it's so hard to find people don't talk about it. So you don't know a lot of people say they should, but nobody seems to actually do it. And it's very, um, it's very just this taboo topic still in the church when it's something that the church holds so highly, but it's very uncomfortable for the church to talk about it. And so Mm -hmm. um, that was something that, you know, my husband, his name's Jeff, just so it's easier for everybody. Um, (laughs) That was something we really had to explore together of, okay, we, we know we value this, but we don't even know why we value this. And Mm -hmm. so, We had to explore that together as a couple, separate from our parents, separate from our families, um, and just kind of, okay, like, are we on the same page with this? Why? Um, And how do we make it work, you know, up to the point where we, like, can say, yay, we did that successfully, you know? And so basically to answer your question, it was a lot of just, like, naivety until I'm I'm a... type A person, I want to prep for everything. Mm -hmm. And I want to know everything before I enter into it. And so when it came to marriage, that was a huge thing I knew nothing about. And so my husband and I just talked a lot about it. I talked to thankfully, I had a couple mentors, you know, super helpful to me and open with me. Um, And I just appreciate the vulnerability to just learn about 
okay, like why is this taboo and why is it important in different areas that it's important in, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And then you just kind of were like, you know what? Everyone needs to know this now. So I'm going to talk to other people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if anyone knows me who's watching, and I'm sure you know by now by following me for a while too, like I am an open book and I get, when I open up a box of something of a topic that people don't want to talk about, I go all in because we all deal with it. Like we all experience it. We all are going to experience it. We all struggle maybe with experiencing it. And it's just one of those things that I'm like, this should not, there should be people who are vulnerable enough and open enough to help other people. I understand it's an intimate thing and not everybody is like that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I just have never felt worried about sharing things like that. And so I just feel like it's almost like a maybe even a spiritual gift to just be vulnerable and not feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. being vulnerable to help other people, especially young girls about it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And that reminds me too, I was talking to a friend about my podcast and she's like, I don't think it's wrong. It's just uncomfortable. So I don't know how, where I stand on it. And I'm like, okay. But I I think similar to you, it's just like people need to have these conversations. And I think you feel more safe to people when you, they can just like DM you like, Hey, this thing is happening or I don't quite understand this. So can you help me with that? Um, So like you said, your vulnerability has allowed people to be more vulnerable, but also get the answers that they need. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I will tell you, I work in the therapy world and so many people, you know, come in and they are so deep into the toxicity of a topic like sex because they don't have anybody to relate to or feel safe enough to talk about. And so, again, another reason why we just community is just so important when it comes to topics like that. Yeah. So that's why I love you're an open book. We about to get into it. Um, so today we're talking about, um, basically how to like learning the skill of love. So, um, I don't know, this topic intrigued me. I was watching this one YouTube video on the school of life and they were talking about this and I was like, I think people need to know what this even, what does it even look like to love? Because I feel like a lot of time we're told, um, these like grandiose things like love people, forgive people. Um, be wise, but it's like, how do I even, (laughs) okay, I want to do that, but how do I even do that? Um, so I think just kind of breaking it down for people is helpful. And that reminds me, um, when you talked about a client, uh, your clients being in the therapy world, one of my clients recently needs to be, needs to grieve something. And, um, he ended his relationship recently and he's like, okay, I want to grieve, but like, how do I know I'm doing it right? (laughs) Um, but it's literally, it can just be like sitting down and just like spending time with your feelings or writing it down. Um, and I think we don't give people, um, that information, how to actually do it. So that's what we'll be talking about today. So I like to, to include Jesus in all things. So we're going to read John fifteen twelve, and it says, um, my command is this love one another as I have loved you. And the Bible goes in depth into how to love people. Um, but if you just read that voice, that verse alone, it's the same thing. Like I just said, like, okay, love others. Cool. Let's do it. And it's like, I, how do I, um, so that's what we'll be talking about today. Yeah. So I want to provide a quote 
um, by, I'm going to say this man's name wrong. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's French. I'm going to do my best, guys. Uh, A-L-A-I-N. I'm assuming that's Alan. I don't know. De Bothon <laughs> says, to love someone is to provide charity and generosity of interpretation. What do you think about that? To love someone, it's to provide charity and generosity of interpretation. Hmm. It's reminding me of the verse, no idea if this is the same thing as to what he's saying, but <laughs> um, it just pops in my mind. Um, that verse that talks about if someone's struggling with a specific sin, say like alcoholism or something like that, mm -hmm. then, and if you don't struggle with alcoholism or like you drink a glass of wine and it's fine for you, but it doesn't impact you. However, if you like bring them over to dinner, you yes. make the choice to not drink that wine in front of them because you know that that's something that they struggle with. Mm -hmm. That is an example, I think, that came up when you read that quote of the interpretation part of mm. everyone needs to be loved differently. We know about the love languages. We know, you know people give love differently, receive love differently. Um, and so it, I think a way to love somebody is to learn their way of loving and react accordingly. Um, yeah. That is huge. I actually might have a point here talking about that. Um in my topic of like servanthood mindset and mm -hmm. how that is so, I guess the generosity piece that he was talking about um, of learning the love languages and learning too that like, well, I'll give you another example. This is the re relatability part of me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so for example, um, when Jeff and I were dating, we were long distance, our whole relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and I was posting stuff about him on my social media all the time best boyfriend ever, like Man Candy Monday, you know, <laughs> all of the crazy things that we used to do. And um, I would get so frustrated because he would never do it for me. Mm. Or like if he did, it was very sporadic. And when he did, it was great. It was like not, I not prompted. I wasn't like telling him to do it. But I just would like make a big deal every time I post. Like, did you see the post I posted about you? Like I was just making it such a big deal. And mm he was just kind of like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And so he was, there was one day where I brought it up and he was like, this just doesn't, he's like, I like that you're doing it. It's nice. It just doesn't do anything for me. Like I just mm. like, it's sweet. And I was like, well, I like really would appreciate it if like you did this for me. And I realized when I went to school for therapy, <laughs> this is called mirroring. Mm. <laughs> like do something because this is how I would want to be loved is for him to like shout from the rooftops that he loves me to the public, you know? And so therefore I keep doing it for him so that he would do it for me when really that is like a lack of communication there. Mm. Um, and so it's that, that servanthood mindset of like even taking notice. So now that I know this information about why people do these things, if I have someone who comes in and they're like, I do the dishes every day for them and I do this and I do that. And I'm like, is that because that's how they want to be loved? Or is that because that's how you like to be loved? Because mm -hmm. there's that discrepancy there. Um, I'm like, if you want them to do that, like that has to be, you're two different people. You have to have a communication about that. And that is all servanthood mindset to me. 
Um, because then once you're learning the other person constantly, then you can be generous in the way that they need to be loved through that interpretation word that he was using. Yeah. 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 That's good. Um, yeah. So I think one of the skills too wrapped in that is servanthood, but also communication. Like Mm -hmm. you can't just assume, I think, you know, we grew up in the the Disney generation where (laughs) he can just, he can smell my thoughts somehow. And then automatically he's, he's out there doing it. But yep. that's not that's not that's before I do. exactly wow so so romantic girl that don't even make sense how does he know your thoughts before you do come on nope nope and I that's that's also speaks to like oh he knows me better than I do that's actually not a good thing nope. <laughs> you should be able to nope. know yourself um yep. <laughs> better than someone else does you're spending your whole life with you so yes. um yes. that's really important um so, yeah, I think communication, definitely letting people know um, how you want to be loved. I just read something by Vienna. I can't remember her last name, but she's mindful MFT. Love that woman. If you guys don't follow her on Instagram. Um, but, yeah, just talking about that, we need to get rid of the notion that the people we love will just ma- automatically love us the way we need to be loved. You have to teach people. It's honestly, a form of pride in a way, if you think about it. Talk about it. it. Um you know, to, it's that mindset of you are here to complete me and Mm. you are here to love me well. And marriage in general, relationships in general, the most sacrificial thing in order for it to be healthy and longevity of it to be, to be sustainable, you have to learn again, like you said, know yourself, be confident in who you are and humble yourself enough to learn about the other person and to communicate with the other person. It is never going to be um, the expectation of, well, you should know this by now. Mm. No, you're a team or two different people. You need to learn how to communicate in a healthy way. And that is the beauty and depth of intimacy. But culture teaches us that it's more about passion and more about, you know, hot and heavy and, you know, all of those things. And it's like, those are two separate things. The depth of it, that is where the intimacy comes from. The real intimacy connection there more than just like lust and things like that. Yeah. So what do you say to the person though? That's like, well, we've been dating for three years already. He should already know. But you're always learning. You're always changing. Mm. There are things too, like, like when Jeff and I were dating, we are so different from how we were when we were dating. Our mm. love languages have changed a lot. Um, the things we like to do change a lot. The things that matter to us. Oh, my goodness. Like, And this is because, you know, things are shifting with our families. Things are shifting with our spirituality. You know, we're maturing in different ways. Um, and he doesn't know my individual spirituality or my relationship with the Lord and vice versa. That's very intimate and separate. Mm to a point too. And so we come together and we share these things. Um, and you know, we're growing in different things. So I would have reacted one way two years ago and he would have maybe supported me. But now if he were to come up and support me in that same way, I'd be like, uh, no, I'm doing it this way. Mm. Um, but, and those things get missed a lot as relationships become longer too, because it's like, you're constantly changing. We're meant to change. And that can get hard and tricky in relationships. Because um, yeah. a lot of times that's, you know, why a lot of people get divorced. You know, like you're different. We're different. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard because it is a choice. You know, you made 
some vows, you know, to commit and be there through the changes, but easier said than done a lot of times for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that right there too. So love is about servanthood. It's about communication, but also it is a choice. Yep. And that right there, we are not really taught that. Like, I don't think that concept is really, maybe, maybe people don't really get it till they get married. (laughs) Like some people really don't get it till they're married because they just think, Oh, this person just chose me. Like, Oh, we get to, I just have someone I can wake up to every day and we'll be happy and, and yeah, all that good stuff. But then what happens when that person starts getting on your nerves and you're stuck with them for the rest of your life? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, It is more than just companionship. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, yeah. yeah, And people, that's when it gets to the point where we have so many marriages ending because of irreconcilable differences. Um, yeah. come on, <laughs> y'all. That's not the move. And so, a lot of that has to do with not communicating early enough. Mm-hmm. You know, it gets to the point where it's like you brush it under the rug, or you repress, or you know, whatever, and you get to a point where it's irreparable. Which I don't always agree with that, yeah. but it gets to the point where it's like there's so much to sift through that it is just not like I would just rather walk away. And that Mm -hmm. sucks. You know, a lot of times that's when couples come into therapy. One's already so checked out, you know, and it's just like it's it's that effort of get. I always tell people when they're younger, I'm like, always work at it. And if you are struggling, invite somebody in like you cannot do. You need to learn from people who have gone before you, from professionals, Mm -hmm. whoever, you know, Um, because, again, it takes a village. They say that for kids, but it takes a village for marriages, too. Um, yeah. so yeah, that is huge for sure. Yeah. That accountability, definitely allowing people to kind of hear what you're experiencing. Cause I was thinking too, people might be thinking, oh, well, what if you choose someone and then they are, become abusive or whatever, but that that's an, that's an outlier. We're not talking about staying, <laughs> choosing a person who's abusing you. Um, we're talking about the right. things that can be worked through that are salvific for you. That's why you're in marriage, you know, where you have to, you know, that, and that comes to my next question then. Do you think that love cannot exist without sacrifice or? You mean, can, can love exist without, without sacrifice? sacrifice? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a hard one. Maybe. I, I think there's levels to it. Mm-hmm. I think you can you know, care about someone, love someone. Um, and not be sacrificial, but I don't think it's going to be very deep. Um, mm. I'm not sure how deep that relationship can be if you're not willing to set yourself aside and look at the other person for who they are. Because whenever you mm. truly love somebody, you show them by giving up things, giving up time, giving up, you know, um, maybe knowledge, you know, maybe some vulnerability, you know, you're, you're learning them in a deeper level. And I think you can only do that through some type of sacrifice, servantship, Mm -hmm. um, in order to learn about another person, it's putting yourself aside. Um, and I, I mean, I'm sure you have a lot of people in your life or you've seen people like that's a common thing whenever relationships fall apart, right? Even friendships, Mm -hmm. it's like, well, they never reciprocate or they never, you know, like spend time or they never reach out and that's all servanthood. So if you're not getting yeah. that from someone else, it's not workable. 
Yeah. Yeah. And the way that you even described sacrifice, it sounded like good things like being vulnerable or loving people in, in good, in healthy ways or helpful ways. So I think sacrifice can be a beautiful thing. And it reminds me of the verse that, um, I don't know where it is, but everyone knows this verse. If you're Christian, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. So obviously you're not going to always cheerfully give, but I think for me personally, I love sacrificing for people I care about. Like it's just, I mean, I just feel great about it. Like, oh, I, I can't do this thing because this person I need needs me. Like, oh, I, I'd love to take that opportunity, like go out of my way for people. So, I mean, I guess it could be something that's built over time or some people are just more natural at it. But um, I think at some point it can be cheerful. You could You could enjoy sacrificing for people you love. Yeah. And it should be because you love them. You know, it's like, right. oh, this is my friend. I love them. I like want to do this for them. Um, I want to spend time with them. You know, it's because it's rewarding to you too. Right. And I think that that also ties into like, it's better to give than to receive as well. And I think early on in life, when you're growing and realizing everything doesn't revolve around you, those verses don't stick as well. It's like, why would it be yeah. good to give more than to receive if I'm not getting anything? But I think as you give to people more, you realize, oh, wow, this actually feels great. Like, I, I help someone in need. And I think that goes back to the definition of love, too, how it says we provide charity and generosity. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I was going to add something, but I completely forgot. <laughs> but we're going to keep moving. Um, okay. My next skill is actually I'll let you give you give one. What do you think is your next skill for love? Um, I'll go with an easy one. Um, so it kind of goes with the servanthood thing, but one huge piece of advice I tell, um, when people are like, how do you keep the flame fueled? You know, like that type of question. (laughs) Yeah. I always say, stay curious about your partner. Mm. Um, that is huge. It is so easy. I mean, I've only been married for four, it will be five years at the end of this month. And it already after probably like two years started to feel mundane. And I was Mm. like, Oh, no, like, is this like what people mean? Like, why is it already happening so fast? You know, like, just like that fear of, oh, it's not what it's cracked up to be. It's not what the movies say, you know, Mm. and there were some doubts there of like, what do I do like in this situation? And I think a lot of people when they talk about fueling the flame, they mean sex, but that sex comes with the emotional attachment, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of it is fueled by curiosity. Um, it's so easy, you know, if Jeff comes home for me not to care about his day at work because I'm assuming it's the same every day. Or um, I don't know if he like learned something or got something out of a message we heard or, you know, he hang- hung out with a friend. Like, Things like that, even physical too, like exploring each other's bodies or like trying different things, you know, or just like flirting is a big thing that like I think just dies down very quickly after Mm -hmm. like that honeymoon phase. So staying curious about each other, asking questions um, and flirting are big things like I know something's wrong if Jeff has passed me like more than twice and hasn't like touched my butt, you know? Those are just things that are like, if you implement them, those little habits make the big things 
great. Or like you don't even need the big things a lot of the time because all those little things are so sustaining and filling um, because they're so easy to be the things that are like eh, sacrificed because like, oh, yeah, that's just like kid stuff or we were in the honeymoon phase and mm. we don't do that. Um, but those things are so important. Some of the healthiest marriages I know that are have way seasoned um, beyond me still do those things. And mm-hmm. I, I do think that that is what keeps marriages very healthy is you are constantly still trying to give to one another in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that curiosity, that kind of calls back to what you said earlier. We can't have pride to think that we know someone <laughs> in and out. Yes. Like, yes we're still learning ourselves too. So for you to say, you know, this person after, you know, just because you got to know them to the point of marriage, what about the the past 10 years that's passed or like the past three, three weeks, even, you know, something could have changed in that, in that time frame. So, uh, and that's something, go ahead. Nothing stays the same. Like, Oh my goodness. Our families have had so much going on with them and like that impacts us and how, you know, we deal with it. And yeah. Oh, like sometimes I'll be upset about something, mad about something someone said, you know, things like that. And instead of one thing that he he does very well is if he knows I'm upset, he's like, well, what are you thinking? Like, what do you mm-hmm. he doesn't assume that he knows just because I maybe have dealt with this type of situation before or, you know, anything like that. There's always this piece of let me in, let me in your mind, let me in a little bit deeper. Um, and that is so connecting too, because we want to be known and felt, yes. you know, good. Um, so it's so, I just think it's so important to ask questions. Never assume that you've got the other all figured out because you never do. They're a complex mm-hmm. human. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. And that applies to literally every single relationship in your life. It could apply to a coworker, to your mom, to yep. like family, friends, um, anybody. So you never think that you've you've figured out someone out completely because you haven't even figured yourself out completely, you know, if we're honest. Um, so yeah, so servanthood, communication, being curious, um, those are really good ones. Um, charity, giving to someone when they don't have, or even just being generous in general. They may have, but you can give them more. Like you can never yeah. usually give too much to somebody. Um, and I was thinking too, another uh aspect of like skill to love is just remembering that a person is equal to you like you are just as capable of sinning against them as they are to you like similar to like forgiveness it's the same thing with love love requires that as well just knowing like this person whatever they've done to hurt me I could also do that same thing and that also allows space for curiosity to learn why did someone do this thing or you know what what did I do to affect this person to to allow them to feel comfortable doing this thing yeah I think I think another one too is love is not just adoration for strength, but also tolerance for weakness. And I think women need to hear that a lot. Like we, ah, I think it's easy to like, I don't even know how to say this. Like when, when we see a man's weakness, we need to be quiet sometimes, you know, or encourage him instead of pointing it out quickly. Yes. I, I read somewhere Oh, so Jeff and I read these books um, called For Men Only and For Women Only. Have you heard of those? I've seen that. Yeah. Oh, they're so good. And um, one of the things that the wife had said, they're written by a couple. And she was like, the thing that women need to understand is that 
we can always win with communication and we use that. Like Mm. we, a lot of times men, and this is a generalization, but a lot of times men, you know, they, they need a minute to like process their thoughts to come with like a full response. That's like thought through Yes, because a lot of times they're getting a lot of information they can shut down or it's just too much because that's just not how their brains are wired. When on the other hand, I, if I'm not at Jeff, you know, I can be like, and this and that also remember this day on this time, you know, like it's like (laughs) so much and we win every time if it looks like that. And Mm. it's, it's something we have, um, we can just kill a healthy conversation with that by constantly bringing it up and not giving them a chance to process. And that is very hard. Um, I will say, well, now it's a joke because I know I try to catch myself when I do that. And he always goes, oh, here comes my history lesson (laughs) because I'll give him like, (laughs) like, yeah, and you did it here in here and here. Um, So now it's like a joke because we know that is not a healthy way of communicating. But um, I remember when we were dating, I would do that and he would shut down and I would get so furious. And I think this is a very common thing, especially in marriages where the pursuer, the pursuer person is like, now they're not talking to me. So now I'm just going to get mean. Now I'm just going to like say something to get any reaction because that's better than like being completely ignored. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we were long distance. So this is just communication through the phone. Like this isn't even like in person, mm-hmm. which in person probably be just as heated, if not more. And we came up with a solution, which is a huge thing. And again, this is a servanthood mindset of allowing this to happen on both ends is timeouts. Like he could not physically comprehend everything I was saying because it was too much. He needed to think about what he did in the situation, what I did in the situation. Um, And so he told me one time, he was like, I hear what you're saying. I need you to give me 30 minutes and Mm -hmm. I will come back and we can talk about this. And oh my gosh, did I want to wait the 30 minutes? No, I wanted to talk to him the whole time, but I had to respect that timeline. Mm-hmm. He had to respect that timeline because sometimes people do timeouts and they go way longer than what they say and that's right. not okay either. Mm-hmm. Um, but he would come back at the 30 minute mark, like to the second and he would give me a long thought out response. And oh my goodness, our communication was so much better after that because not also did he take the time to process, it gave us both the time to cool down, yes. to like chill out. Um, and so even things like that, it's so, again, sacrificial. It's that mm-hmm. servanthood mindset. Of like we do not communicate in the same way. And so we need to figure out how to find a good, healthy compromise in order to communicate Because if we hadn't done that, like we'd be fighting left and right. Who knows how our marriage would even look now? Because that's such a pivotal point in any relationship. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And basically the the phenomenon that is happening in a human when they shut down is called flooding. So literally your nervous system is shot and you can't think things through. That's what's happening to people. And sometimes people who have been neglected or even abused um, or abandoned, they will view that as, oh, shoot, this person's trying to leave me, so I'm going to pursue, 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 pursue. And that person who's withdrawing is falling deeper and deeper into that cave because it's scary. You're, you know, you're coming after me. So that 
you know, sad dance happens there. But when you learn, okay, this person is flooded and them communicating to you, I'm flooded right now, like Jeff did, you know, give me 30, give me 30 minutes, we'll come back and talk about it. Um, That's Mm going to be even more helpful. And that also remind me too, is there are boundaries in marriage still, (laughs) you know, like you're going to respect his time and his space. You know, there's going to be times where you're like, freak this 30 minutes, come talk to me right now. But yeah, that's a combination of like um, boundaries, but also sacrificial love because it's not about me right now. This person that I love is trying to process for us. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. let me relax. We're on the same team. Yes. Yeah. On the same team. I actually was going to therapy and one of my my therapists I was seeing at the time told me um, she knew somebody who they kind of did timeouts too, or they prepped it in a different way. So if they knew that they were going to have a hard conversation, or if like the husband was trying to tell the wife something that he knew she might react poorly to, they would always preface the conversation with, okay, same team. And -hmm. they would look at each other and be like, okay, same team. And then they would go into it. And I loved that because I'm like, it's so easy, you know, to have this me against you mindset, because it's so easy to get defensive um to protect yourself and but if you're in a healthy loving relationship you know it's safe to not have to defend or protect yourself and that is a hard hard thing to learn too that was one Mm -hmm. of my points letting go of defense um seeking to understand staying unoffended um Mm. is hard but that is a game changer for sure yeah so what is it? Is it the teamwork mentality that helps you stay un- unoffended? I think it is multiple things. Um, yes, that's a big one of just knowing this person is not against me. This person loves me. And like, we're trying to figure this out together as two different individuals. Um, but also staying unoffended is hard because it's like a, it's almost like a constant state of like, almost like a forgiveness in a way, Mm. which forgiveness is hard in general. Um, but if you are in a mindset of like, if Jeff said something to me that was like offensive, but I know he loves me and I'm assuming the best in him. I know he probably didn't mean to say it that way. You know, it probably was the way that he was just communicating it. Um, he thinks very fast. So sometimes he speaks very fast. (laughs) And so like, that's something I know about him. Um, just like some people say things when they're really angry and they always regret it. Like if your partner does that, you know, that that's how they are, not that it's okay or that they Mm -hmm. shouldn't work on that, but you can therefore be in a state of like, I'm not going to take that on. Um, just like anything, like if you're like, I don't know, in the mall and someone like snarks out like the shoes you're wearing or something (laughs) like that, you have a choice to sit there and be offended by that or to say like, Hmm. I'm going to let go of that defense because that doesn't like that says more about this person than me. Mm-hmm. Or like, if it's something more serious, like we can talk about this. Yeah. Um, and that is huge because as soon as you have that defensive wall go up immediately, that is how, I mean, we hear boundaries are talked about in every little corner of the earth. I feel like <laughs> at this point and boundaries are hard because it's so easy for people. Oh, just cut the tie, cut the tie. That's toxic. You shouldn't have that around you. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, is that yes to a point, but also like how offended are you allowing yourself to get to where you can't even heal anymore because you are so resentful, you know? Come on, somebody. That's a word. Yeah. Yeah. 
it is hard, but also rewarding. And I think, yeah, just like bringing it back to like remembering this person is actually on my team um, and not allowing unhealthy behavior, you know, allowing a conversation, but also not festering, not letting it fester and you ruminating on the offense. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people do that, too, where they are having the whole conversation with themselves in their own head. Like, can you invite the person who's offended you? So they can like speak to that or even soothe you and tell you like, oh, actually, I wish I didn't say that or that's actually not how I meant it. Um, right. So just holding yeah. on to it's not going to be helpful either. Nope. Nope. And we know that. I think a lot of times people talk about that with forgiveness, you know, of like when you forgive, it is more healing for yourself than even the other person. Yeah. It frees you from that, from that stronghold. It's the same I mean, it's the same thing. Almost being unoffended is almost like a preventative measure to even having to forgive because you already released it. Mm. Um, Easier said than done. Again, I'm I'm not sitting here saying I have this perfected, but this was a huge thing actually spiritually the Lord had put on my heart for um, a lot of family members in my life Mm. where I did do the cutting the ties thing and I still felt just as awful. Mm. And I was like, this isn't working. And I didn't feel like I was even being obedient Mm. um, spiritually because if we cut everyone off, we are, we might be that only vessel to Jesus. And so Um, one person in particular, I had such a hard time forgiving. Oh my goodness. I was resentful and rightly so, rightly so. This was not a situation that it was like, just get over it and move on. It was bad. Mm -hmm. Um, but I felt the Lord say to me one day, because I was thinking about this person and I felt him say, when you are keeping him from you, you are keeping him from me. Because you are the only person who like can is living out Jesus right now in his life. And I did not like that at all. <laughs> right. Um, but it was an awakening of like, this life is not about me. Like I it's pride that I cannot allow myself to forgive and move on. Like, why do I need to protect myself and shield myself from this human? who's not going to do anything to me if I say I have faith and believe in a God who is my own protection Mm. and my own. Um, And so it's hard to do this. um, But I do think it is freeing because now I can look at that person. We can share space. We can have conversation now. And it's like, I, I know it's the strength and the weakness, you know, like God was just able to move because I released it and sacrificed it. A servanthood mindset spiritually, you know, with this person and they don't even know, you know, everything that I had kind of processed through to get there. But it's almost like a way for me to show love. That's not even my own love. It's like Christ's love to him that's Mm -hmm. extended out. Um, So it's super hard because we all want to feel heard. We want to be justified. We want to prove our point. You know, we want to be right. And we, and I get that, but sometimes you got to look at it and be like, at the extent of what though, you know, like, what is it going to do to you that the other person feels bad and says, yeah, you're right. Like that doesn't always make us feel better. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Okay, good. You know, exactly. Yeah, I am right. And let me tell you a little more about how right I am. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that also makes me think about too, how you said it's it's Christ's love through me. And I think the ultimate skill of love is knowing how loved you are by Mm -hmm. Jesus. And 
that's through relationship with him, through just talking to him and but also reading your word and, and getting to know his character, the kind of person he is, because that allows you to experience it, but then also to give it to others as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So did you have any more? Are we good? Um, let's see. I think I had two more. One's a little longer. The other is pretty quick. Let's get it. Um, okay. So the first, the one is spiritually knowing that you can't do it alone. This mm. whole love thing. Um, Knowing you have weaknesses, temptations, things that can creep in and destroy a relationship like that, um, and no one is exempt from that. We all have those things. Um, And, you know, even in marriage, man, it's hard. Like, in marriage, it's so easy to see how things can creep in so fast and destroy your marriage. Like, Mm. you could literally look at something and be like, I could make a choice right now. And it can destroy my marriage, you know, and it's like a scary, it's scary because it's within our power to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, so surrendering your weaknesses, your limitations to a God who has no weaknesses or limitations, mm-hmm. um, submitting to a God who can be your strength when you mess up, who can teach you how to forgive when you've been wronged by the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to continue cultivating that relationship. But even still, I've even seen, and again, yes, abusive relationships are an outlier for this, Mm -hmm. but I have even seen abusive relationships begin to heal when they allow the Lord to work. Um, and it is so powerful when that stuff happens. Um, so all that to say, releasing the need to control humans, to have these expectations, Um, We're never going to be in control of humans. We have to learn how to coexist in a way that allows us to be human and allows the Lord to teach us how to live in the reality that we're all imperfect. We're all going to get hurt. We all are going to hurt people, you know, but all the things that we need to submit to the Lord holding with an open hand, um, Mm -hmm. which leads me to my last point, which is not accepting defeat when things get hard. um, I just think, man. It is so easy for people to just get out of marriages, right? Like there is just not this, it's not held in any type of sacred way anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But instead of accepting defeat, just always looking inward, growing, healing, processing, communicating more effectively. Um, Can't tell you how many times I've seen couples who just cohabitate or roommates because they're too absorbed in their own hurt to Mm. see past themselves to think of healing even for themselves, you know? And then I almost, I almost, um, see that as a pride, a form of pride or selfishness to withhold goodness for even themselves in mm. the name of, well, I was hurt by this That's or, good. well, I do that because of this or, well, they don't deserve it because blah, 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 blah. And, yeah. um, we just have to understand, like, we are not strong enough to do this alone individually or even with our partner and the moment we think we are I think that is just the path to destruction so fast um and it's just it's so important I think just to have mentorship especially with our men and like just the temptations and like the way that men's brains are wired you know like 
it is so important to protect your mind. Get a healthy male mentor. Meet mm-hmm. with them once a month. Talk about hard, uncomfortable things, you know? And with women, talk about like the emotional states of things. Our husbands are not meant to be our emotional savior. And yeah, that is good. Key. a lot of times women expect that from their husbands. And, you know, there's a balance to that. But we are our own people. We have to learn how to continue to grow in order for our marriage to grow and to love better. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the point you made too about um, why would you want to withheld withhold good from yourself? That reminds me of, you know, the second greatest commandment in the Bible is to love others as yourself. So where is the love for you as well? Why would you want to withhold a healthy relationship from yourself? Why would you want to withhold good from you? Um, and I think when and people... It's such, a, it's such a big thing. I mean, we see it all the time and therapy too. Like, the people who, I mean, we say hurt people, hurt people. It's so true though. Like the, the way you treat other people is how a reflection of yourself, of something yeah. going on in yourself. Yep. And so like, it's easy to look and be like, you literally could be so much better if you just made this decision or healed this. But it's like, it's that ability of like, no, I'm too hurt. And mm-hmm. like wanting to stay a victim of that circumstance, which is a very valid circumstance a lot of times. Yeah. But to the extent of what? You're robbing yourself of a beautiful life. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think another skill of love is loving yourself too, which is pretty yes. cool. God is so yes. cool. He's so good. So yeah. yeah, just to kind of recap, and if I forget any, let me know. Um a skill of love is servanthood, communication, uh, charity, generosity, um, sacrifice, um, being a team player, mm-hmm. um, loving yourself. And I think that's that's kind of all the things we covered and yeah. also forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. So those are some skills. Obviously we have not listed every single skill that you could ever have in love. <laughs> and if we think of more, right. Yeah. Which is so cool because God created it that way. Like we get so bored as humans. So I'm got, glad that love has created that God has created love um, in the way that mm-hmm. he has. So if we think of more, maybe we'll do another episode on this, but um, there will be more chats with Nico in the future. Um, this is our, our first of many. So Thank you guys for joining us. As you know, you can follow the parallel at the parallel pod on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, remember to kiss the sun, speak the truth in love, and see you guys. Bye.